Welcome to episode 22 of Epilogues and Epiphanies, coming up on today's show. You're supposed to want to know. 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 Yes. You're supposed to want to know. Again, you're supposed to want to know. Like, yep, and it's all terrible and it always will be. I can never make it better. Good to know. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the Barbie movie with my friend PJ. And uh, if the internet is any indicator, you're either here because you think Greta Gerwig turned pink into a power color, or you're sharpening your plastic pitchforks at the mere thought of this film. As always, on our show, we believe that the world of film has something to teach us about the real world that we live in, and we're here to see what this one made of plastic might um, have to teach us about the real world in 2024. So without further ado, here we go. Did you bring your rollerblades? I literally go nowhere without them. <laughs> Today we're talking about the Barbie movie, the one. Just super exciting with my friend and colleague, PJ. I love how tentative you are in introducing me with that. I think it is important for the, especially the context of the Barbie movie. We're going to be talking about power dynamics to give a little peek behind the curtain that at one point until recently, I was in a called a supervisory capacity to you at a place of work. So you are no longer directly working for me. You're right. now just colleagues at work. And I think friends, I'll take friends. Yeah. We're going to develop that friendship okay. through the next hour, I think. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Colleague and future friend or... Potential friend. It's a friend tryout. Auditioning for the role of friend. This is the best way to try out a new friend, right? Yeah. Talk about a movie that <laughs> oh is gosh. really powerful, but also a potentially fraught conversation because there's a lot of different layers to it. That's a great avenue for blossoming friendship. Many layers. Yeah. yeah. We're just going to get through all the things right out the gate. That's the way to do sure. it, right? So yeah. Okay. So we talked about how we know each other. Tell us about yourself, whatever you would like to let the people know about PJ. I do digital marketing. I'm involved in theater. I went to school for interdisciplinary studies. So I have a very well-rounded background in terms of looking at things from the big picture. I'm married, I have a son, and I'm expecting a daughter, which I think will also probably inform this conversation a little bit as well, just that sort of relational aspect. So, I'm sure people are like, that's an interesting choice. That's probably not who I thought she would talk to about the Barbie movie. If there's one lesson from the Barbie movie. It's that every conversation needs a straight white guy to tell you what he thinks. So I think we're just really doing a good job with this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the takeaway for sure. I hope everyone gets that sarcasm right. Do I need to do I need to have a lever or something for that? Because I can play uh, pretty dry. I'll make sure it's clear. Put a little sound effect in post. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So there is a lot of buzz around this movie, which is honestly quite seriously why I took so long to talk about it. Not because I didn't want to talk about it, because I had so much I wanted to say about it so quickly. But it was hot button a little bit and I wanted to f be thoughtful and figure out how to have a conversation I felt like people would be willing to engage with and not just the people that were already team Barbie. I know there's some people out there that are still a little bit like on the fence about this movie. And the main criticism I heard from there, obviously there's criticisms on both sides, but I feel like the area of the country that we live in and the circles that I have been surrounded in, the more prevalent criticism I heard was that this movie was anti-man and man-hating and like aggressively just in the direction against men. And that was enough for people to write it off a little bit. And, I, and that makes me sad because this movie really meant a lot to me and to a lot of women. And I think just people in in general and so I wanted to have a conversation with someone who was male and did appreciate and see what from your perspective this movie brought to the table and also maybe help us like think a little bit more empathetically about the perspective of maybe what people are misunderstanding about it and 
talk about that a little bit because usually there's like kernels of something in those like uh, reactions yeah. that are that strong. There's like something in there that's like happening under the hood. It's not just this is this and so the end. So yeah, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit maybe first about like maybe the critique and where you feel like that might be coming from. Sure. No. And I think that's really accurate of the circles I travel in as well. So I'm, I come from a more conservative, I'm from a big Catholic family. And I think there was just at best, I would say hesitation about the Barbie movie. I think that was like the high bar you could go to was walking in with concern about it if you went to see it at all. But I think the thing for me and the thing I want to separate out is you know, talking through the valid potential criticism of the movie, but also addressing that I just think a lot of the criticism came from a place of not seeing it, not really engaging with it, or like having a cherry-picked clip. There's a very powerful opening to the movie, which I think we should talk about, where the little girls are like smashing their dolls and like reject And if you just see that clip just in context, it comes off as, oh, Barbie's anti-mother and anti-traditional like family. That's not, that's but if you watch the movie, that's a kind of crazy thing to say, because the movie is at its heart. I think the main heroine of the movie is the mom. And that relationship of being a mother is so central to this. And the concept of the creator of Barbie as a mother figure as well. It's really a celebration of mothers and womanhood, which is really powerful. And I found particularly moving. So I, I think a lot of people didn't watch the movie. So I want to I get that out of the way. Do you think that's a fair way of addressing true, it? True, true, Yeah, I think people took that nugget and said, nope, not for me. I'm not about that. So I won't be in- engaging here. Very true. And I would encourage people that maybe you're listening to this and had that opinion. Like it is definitely something you need to see to really understand if that's valid. And I just think we're in a culture now that just says it's very easy to reject something offhand and say, this isn't for yeah. me. Therefore I shouldn't engage with it. And I think that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think it's always important to understand mm-hmm. where even if you feel like, mm-hmm. Hey, I probably won't like this. It can be good to understand it just to really understand where people are coming from, especially something like this, which as a man, I felt almost an obligation to see it because I'm like, I had friends talking about it and like, I felt, I didn't feel othered by it in a way that I think some men did where it was like, oh, this isn't for you. It was an encouragement to go see this. You really like it or this will be a really cool experience. Yeah. I think what I said when I finished seeing it the first time was that was a lot of very well done needle threading in this movie. Like- There was like, this movie is hilarious. Like just, you will laugh. If you watch it, you will laugh. Like even if you don't agree, if you rewatch it, you will laugh again because you missed something the first time. And if you've ever played with a Barbie in the first 10 minutes, you're going to laugh your butt off because it's just so hysterical and it's really funny, but it does it in like a sincere way that I feel like it earns the right to go in some pretty pointed personal places that I don't think if they had written the characters or had the characters parts been acted differently I don't think we would have allowed it to take us because I mean full range like I started this movie like giddy I mean straight up giggling oh my gosh I'm six again like Sitting there, they're like, they were only ever baby dolls. I'm like, yes, and I freaking hated it. You could do one thing. It was boredom. And then Barbie could do all of the things. And so that was just way more interesting. I never had Barbies. Like, I'm not not that guy. Not to say anything wrong about that, but like, it just wasn't my lived experience. So like, my experience was Barbie is like a thing. I didn't even have sisters. So like, Barbie was not in my house. But I watched the movie and understood what they were going for and felt it. And it's, I mentioned earlier that I went into the movie thinking this isn't for me. And clearly there are elements that like, aren't for me. Like, i I recognize that it's not supposed to be my same experience, but like I didn't feel watching it that it was distant or foreign or that I was invading. Like I felt like a part of the story because just the concept of relationship of men and women is something everyone has to deal with. And that's a central tenet of this movie. And I think if you feel like that's foreign or distant to you, you might want to examine your own thoughts on that. This is something we all have to grapple with. So it brings up things very in implicit ways and in explicit ways that people are uncomfortable acknowledging. And there's not a lot of talk about what to do with that, like discomfort really. And so I think that there's, there is a lack of education of how to talk about these things because we don't talk about them. It's also, 
you can't like fix something you won't admit exists. And it's just, there's a lot of layers to this movie that is succeeding at doing a lot of things. But the way our culture functions, I think there's a lot of people that aren't versed in how to have these conversations that it sparked or conversations around the feelings that it sparked or conversations around feelings in general, if we're being very honest. So I think... Well, especially a movie that opens up a lot of feelings and doesn't mm-hmm. provide an easy answer. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, maybe you did point out to me how things are still bad for women or like that thing. There is such a thing as patriarchy. What am I supposed to do about it? And once again, all the women are going, yeah, good question. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah, it's very layered. And, you know, you said you didn't feel like it wasn't for you. But like, I also heard a lot of men who said this movie wasn't for me. And that's OK. It's yeah, OK yeah. that this served someone else better than it served me. That's OK. I think that's a better way of putting it, like recognizing that this isn't going to hit me the same mm-hmm. way it hit my wife. Mm-hmm. And I just chose to experience that joy with her and like to give her credit that like the things she was responding to that maybe I didn't get were valid. And I think that's so important as a spouse, at least to be like, this is your lived experience and I'm not going to tell you how to live it or tell you that you're wrong about it or right. that's not real. Like that, that to me is crazy to have that. So seeing the lens of having her with me for that experience was mm-hmm. really nice because like it gave me permission to be like, okay, I'm having some feels about this movie mm-hmm. too. Like I I can disclose that I did cry at the part of the movie. Um, the scene with the creator at the end and like the what am I made for is just beautiful. And it just made me tear up a little bit. But the point being like, you're right. It didn't hit me on all cylinders, but like I was okay with that. And I made peace with that. And I think that's the big thing. So there's a difference between saying it's not for me and that's a problem versus it's not for me and that's okay. Even just the first 10 minutes, what is... I think the flipping of all of this is what is so jarring because not all of the inverting is like wrong. You know what I mean? Like it's actually a lot of it's very right. Like, and so that's, but it's like weird to hear. And so like the first five, 10 minutes or whatever, our introduction to Barbie land and we're seeing all of these Barbies doing their Barbie things and their jobs and all of these positions are held by these female Barbies and Lawyer Barbie gets up and says something to the effect of, I'm able to hold both reason and feeling at the same time, and it does not diminish my powers. It expands them. And I'm like, say what now? Because most days on a good day, I'm fighting for tolerance that it's okay to have feelings because chill out. But the fact of the matter is feelings are innate and good, and they actually do add to our intelligence in our experience but like mentally it's like she said what now and then like immediately following that there's another barbie nobel prize barbie is literally it. i have the quote in front of me i worked very hard so i deserve it which is yeah of course you did nobel prize barbie but it's just yeah shocking to hear those words and i oh my gosh it's such a weird concept like to just I literally was like the other day at work dealing with something where I was like, actually, I do deserve this thing. I did work really hard. I think I'm going to ask for it, question mark. So you needed talked into asking for something that you clearly deserve. Yeah. Because you have been taught that you maybe don't deserve it. Well, that it's like, like somehow wrong to it. ask for it. Like, that yeah. that's a thing too and that was so weird and i was like but because i had watched this movie twice recently i was like but that was really true that was a, that's a real like that quote hit me because it's so you're programmed I'm, I'm trying you're to saying. you've been programmed yeah i've been programmed gosh darn it i'm standing up for myself and all kinds of stuff it's a mess i can't be stopped Anarchy, Anarchy, pure chaos. No, but the opening to me is, you're right, It's that it has that contradiction, but it also just introduces you to the absurdity that it's going to have throughout, which I think is the it's key very factor big on the tone. that makes all of the, yeah, makes all the pointed, like, political commentary that's kind of hidden there, in there, that you're feeling, and you're like, oh, man, ooh, I'm not sure about this cat. Oh, mm-hmm. no, I see what they're doing. And then it's just, oh, that was yeah. hilarious. There's just a lot of yeah. humor interjected throughout, and I found myself laughing at this movie so much. As much as you're talking about it being moving, all that, like the primary thing you're doing while watching the private movie is just laughing at the lines and stuff. My job's not even surfer. Like it's beach. It's just beach. That's a common misconception. Like his job is beach. (laughs) After that, this will be a joke for all of our work friends. My job is phone. 
just phone. <laughs> Our job is phone. Our job is phone. <laughs> but uh, it's just funny because he's that is Ken's job. His job is beach. He's he beaches so hard. But uh, I'm qualified to stand confidently right here. Right here. <laughs> what if there's a beach? You'll need someone who's trained in that. He's yeah, you'll just, need a professional. You need a professional in that. Oh my gosh! So. Barbie has a great day every day, but Ken only has a good day if Barbie looks at him, which is a line. Such a good line. Such a good line. It was a lot. It's subversion again, right? It's subversion. And he he gets injured trying to impress Barbie. And then he says, can I come over to your house tonight? He's crossing his fingers and hoping she says yes. She says, yeah, I'm not really doing anything. Just having all the Barbies over for a big blowout party with a bespoke song and planned choreography. And he's like, okay. And so he comes over. And then they have this rager where everyone looks absolutely fabulous. There is a criticism on the other side here. There is still a consumer nature. This movie's trying to find that middle ground a little mm-hmm. bit of celebrating Barbie in the mm-hmm. fashion and being beautiful. Mm-hmm. Also, like making these hot points it's hard it is hard like it's a hard thing to get right it's a very hard thing to get right and i also think it's very tricky because it is a little bit of both and and i do think a lot of that there's like a dichotomy i feel like that kind of exists along the lines of what i i've said before of if you're pretty you're maybe not seen as smart and Barbie is pretty and into feminine things and can be seen as frivolous. And so being into Barbie felt like being anti-woman a little bit. You're missing the point if you're into Barbie. You're like supporting traditional like body standards or like ridiculous body standards or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like this movie came out and it was suddenly like, oh, we've all been into Barbie this whole, like we all liked Barbie. We all wanted permission yeah. to be into Barbie because we were, because she was like a role. Yeah. Like it was fun. It was our thing to play with. Well, and I do appreciate that of all the Barbies, like not all of them are like the supermodel type. Mm-hmm. There are some other body types in there, yeah. which is good. And they're not sure. played off. No. They're not played off as, oh, this isn't a Barbie. No, I'm a Barbie too. There's some stuff. Yeah. There, there are yeah. like different ethnicities and body types and they're all equal Barbie. Like we are all Barbies. Yeah. And it's not even one gets used for one purpose over another. Like they are all like equal playing field. And that I think was really intentional. And I appreciated that also because it's, yeah. It's nice. It is also only happening, unfortunately, in the Barbie fantasy land. But we can dream that it will one day make it to the real world. We can dream. Barbie thinks they have solved all of the world's problems through their existence. I love that conceit. That's such a good storytelling element of this. And like the way the movie sets up of, hey, this isn't our world. This is different. And it lets them really play around with those dynamics in a way that like when they do get to the real world, it's very interesting to Mm -hmm. see their reactions and how that happens. Yeah. But yeah. So she's at this party. It's going. Everybody's dancing to this song. And Barbie just says out of nowhere, do you guys ever think about death? And the music, record scratch, stops. Everyone's frozen. What on earth are you talking about? And she has to like re-pivot herself and just pretend that's not what she said or what she meant so that the party can go on. And she says, I'm just dying to dance. It's like they're all talking about their day and she's just going to bring this thing up. And then the whole world stops. And... That happens, and then it's girls' night because every night is girls' night. So Ken goes wherever Ken goes. We don't actually know. We don't know. We Where never. We know. never actually answered that question truly. Ken might be without a home, but anyways, Ken goes wherever Ken goes, and it's girls' night, and the president's here, and you're welcome. And so they're all partying, and Barbie goes to bed. And she says, "Definitely not thinking about death anymore." And then she wakes up and it's like a repeat of the first morning that the yeah, movie kind of opens with. Excellent. And it's, but it's like, everything's off. Everything's just everything's off. Wrong. She's got bad breath. The shower without water was cold. She mimes the shower being the yeah, wrong Yeah. And just everything's gone wrong. And her toast is burnt. The milk that's not really there is expired. She tries to fly out of her house down and she falls 
And and the other Barbie see it just to play that off. Yes, right? yeah, yes, I'm, yes, I'm yeah. fine. And then goes to the beach because that's what you do in Barbie Land. And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to pass over the beauty that is Lizzo's lyrics of like, "Why so stress?" <laughs> is oh, I think it's is it those encroaching thoughts of death? Oh like, my that's gosh! In Why the song so as we're playing, it's so. Funny. Is it those thoughts of death? I remember the first version is like never sad and for never sad and then the on the redo though it's k is death (laughs) i think she just says death so yeah so things are gone not well for stereotypical barbie she's she's in shambles and her feet are flat and it grosses everyone out they've never seen it before she has to go to weird barbie to get them that's apparently where you go to get yourself back in order because she knows how to deal with normally all these just problems. For a hair emergency. Yeah, They've it's never normally seen just hair malfunctions, which we all know is true. Those are the that's the hardest part of the Barbie to maintain is the hair. But they've never yeah, seen a sure. flat feet situation before. So, anyways, she goes to Weird Barbie. Weird Barbie is weird. Played by the perfect Kate McKinnon, who just is always right on. And she is weird because someone played with her too hard in the real world. Which, like, literally, like, even my friend was like, oh, I had a Barbie like that. So we were all just, we just thought, I don't, this was not my favorite. What if I do cut the hair? What if I do all those things I'm not supposed to do? What if I, what if I did? There's that rebellious phase, right? Yeah. There's that, this is to be the Barbie that I experimented on. But, yeah. Like, it didn't go great because it, they're not meant for that. No, the hair is not fixable after it's doesn't gone. It does not grow back. And so poor weird Barbie was the recipient of all that. But now she tries to help make everyone else functional and beautiful again. But what we learn with weird Barbie is... She says, oh, what's happening? Did anything happen before this? And she's like, well, some thoughts of death. And she's like, oh, no, it's happening. And there's basically she somehow knows mystically, magically that there's like a rift between the two worlds where like stereotypical Barbie is a Barbie somewhere in the real world. And the person playing with her is like rubbing off on her because there's like a weird like gap that there's it's interfering with her dullness um i love that they take a couple minutes to be like we really want to get the science of this right that you understand the yes, why behind like it. her <laughs> her humanness here. is interfering with your dullness and if you don't fix this yeah. you're just gonna keep getting weirder and complicated and not perfect happy shiny stereotypical barbie anymore so you're gonna have to go fix this and that's when we start off on the hero's journey for barbie is we've got the problem, yes. we have to go fix it. And But I really loved the option one, here's the high heel, you go back to everything is normal. Option two, you learn the truth. You're supposed to, and yeah. Barbie says, I'll take the high heel. And she says, no, you're supposed to want to know. And she's, I don't. I just want to go back to everything being normal. She's, I was just kidding. You really don't have a choice. You have to go do this. I was just trying to make you feel better about having a choice. There's so much of, so there's so much in that. Like, you can't. That's another good title for this, by the way. You're supposed to want to know. That is, it, really yeah, that's a good one. You're supposed to want to know, and but also, I get not wanting to know. Like, I. Oh, it's very real. Please send me back to my perfect yeah, world. Thank like you. seriously, like I when I was going through some life stuff and just reconceptualizing the world in a lot of ways after some like major family crises and when big life happens you start to think about things a little bit differently and like I was jealous of the people that got to stay in the mental space I used to be in which felt a little bit like oblivious but sunshine and so like I get the wanting to pick the high heel like I I resonated with that but I was like but you don't get to you you have to do the Birkenstock they're more comfy anyways. Does that tie back into the criticism we talked about too, though, where it's like for some people, it's like, I don't want my eyes open that this is still a problem. I've told myself it's not. I think there's something yeah. with that as well. I, I don't. It's easier not to have these problems. It's easier not 
to have to deal with or think about these problems if they're not affecting you. However, we should care about the way they affect other people and our culture. And for Barbie's case, it's not that. It's that she's going to have cellular. Yeah, she's really worried about being weird and complicated and like she needs to go back to just like things being perfect. So she takes off in her amazing convertible and basically to get to the real world, it's not actually a portal. It's a, a sports car to... A rocket ship to there's the rocket a, ship there's the like the, there's like the snowmobile a boat yeah a there's many van, many modes of transportation tandem bike. a tandem bike and then ultimately she ends up with neon and rollerblades into california with ken we didn't even talk about the ken hijacking because that's one of the central plots as well as ken getting to visit the real world and seeing so how the other half lives. taking off on this, like, this path here through all of these mediums of transportation to get to the real world, and suddenly Ken is in her backseat. Did you bring your rollerblades? I literally go nowhere without them. <laughs> and they're, the, like, the, the neonest yellow I've ever seen in my oh. whole life. They're perfect. But I think that's, once again, that absurdity of the outfits they chose for that, like, coming to the real world. It is a statement and that scene is fantastic dark there's some dark moments in that scene but like there's an honesty and like a like the way ken is experiencing it versus the way barbie's experiencing it. like we i think you already said the like mine has an undertone of violence to it line just a very dark moment but those cat calls feel real there's some oh, they're real. weird stuff yeah no so basically her their entry into the real world they're rollerblading onto what venice beach and um and so they're wearing these crazy 90s outfits like spandex leotards the whole shebang of what you would think these bright pinks and teals and yellows amazing look it up if you haven't or just watch the movie but uh, anyways so they're wearing all this and they're rollerblading down the beach and everyone's reacting to them because they look insane and so she's everyone's staring at me. He's and they're also staring at me, but he like feels good about them staring at her. And she yeah. feels very she doesn't know what to put it, but she's I'm like conscious, but it's myself I'm conscious of. I and love that line. so yeah. And it's just like he says something about how it's making him feel, and he said, and there's no undertone of violence. And she says, Mine definitely has an undertone of violence. So Barbie's experiencing for the first time in the real world that I don't feel safe. Like even just energy wise, she's picking up on that. And basically some dude comes up to her and just smacks her on the butt. And, him, yeah. and she punches him in the face and she gets arrested. So there's that also. And then they get cowboy outfits. Then they're eventually released, but they go out and she's still trying to find her goal is basically to find the person, the real person who's, having these thoughts of death she has like visions she has like yeah visions of and so person. she's trying to find that person to like help them so if she can help them then she can maybe patch things and everything could be fine but she doesn't know how to do that and so she's like trying to figure it out and then eventually she realizes okay i think it's this girl and she's at the school and so they go to the school the girl is very modern reaction to barbie you are everything that's wrong with you set feminism back. You make us feel bad about ourselves. She's every reason why the rest of us didn't say we liked Barbie because those are the things people would say about Barbie. And so Barbie's sent off crying because Sasha just broke her and she's off. She called me a fascist. I don't control the railways or the flow of <laughs> commerce. Like she's very confused. Another line I laugh at every time. I've seen and this so. Movie. Yeah. Mattel is also involved. Obviously, this like otherworldly experience of their creations clearly means the FBI is going to call them and say, hey, you better clean this mess up. And then Mattel is sent out to deal with this. So they pick up Barbie in these truck cars, a truck car Ken would very much like to have. And uh, <laughs> Do you have any books about horses? Ken has visited the library. He is learning about patriarchy as the other subplots happening here. He is seeing how the real world works and he's very intrigued about mm-hmm. it yes a woman asked him for the time because she respected him <laughs> <laughs> i love the callback later on when he has eight watches he's like yes he's so oh my gosh yeah so ken's learning about patriarchy he's very intrigued he did start to learn about it before the school but then barbie brought up 
the girl at the school and she's wait what did you say and what ken said was men rule the world and he's nothing let's go see the girl and then he goes to get some books on patriarchy and horses but what he says is i'm gonna go see if they have any books about trucks so he gets books on patriarchy and horses and then he goes around and asks a lot of questions and realizes he is underqualified to be a privileged man in the real world and so he says i can't even beach here and then he goes back to barbie land and barbie's meanwhile at mattel and they're trying to gosh there's layers to this put this woman back in a box to save the unraveling the all male ceo led by will ferrell yeah he's, he's just he's amazing. the only one i would be fine with playing that part but <laughs> he's the only person when he says I, no i got into this business because i care about little girls and their dreams in the least creepy way possible i'm like okay <laughs> like, like i believe well, you there's no the, i don't know if it's here but there's a quote he has that i had pulled up here that i want to say that it's like we sell dreams imagination and sparkle and when you think of sparkle what do you think of next female that's agency. my favorite <laughs> when you think of sparkle what do you think of next female agency it's just hysterical and i'm like sure why not <laughs> but so there's a lot of one-liners even throughout this plot unfolding here of barbie they're the way they're going to solve this problem is put barbie back in this giant barbie box with complete with the ridiculous twist ties anyone who's ever owned a barbie is very familiar with of how long it takes to get her out of the box and so it's a whole journey and like She's about ready to do it, and then she makes a break for it, and she gets out front. And uh, so what we didn't establish is Sasha, the girl who ripped her to shreds at the school, and the girl who's in her vision and that she thinks is the one making her sad. Sasha's mom works for the CEO of Mattel, and so she realizes what's happened and basically says, I see Barbie running. I'm going to like take her and help her. So she says, get in the car. And then somehow she's very good at like tactical driving and loses the crazy executives. And eventually they decide to go back to Barbie world. And so they're on that path to try to fix things that way. Because what she realizes is it's not Sasha who was playing with her that was making her sad. It's the mom. The mom was the one with the memories and had the complicated feelings and was making drawings about cellulite Barbie and thoughts of death Barbie. And like she was designing these Barbies that were basically imprinting themselves on stereotypical Barbie. So they go to the Barbie land together to try to fix it all. And uh, meanwhile, the, the executives are still in pursuit, but they're behind. Um, and so they get back to Barbie land and everything's not right. And basically things look a lot more like the real world in a lot of ways that the women are playing some more stereotypical kind of subservient type situations. I think the movie described it as it was like a plague, like that they had no natural oh defenses gosh, against patriarchy. So when it was unleashed, they were all infected. And it was like, it, it was a hilarious way of describing it. But it was like, it, it is how they portrayed it. Like that it swept over everyone. Basically, Ken brought patriarchy back to Barbie land and the Barbies had no defenses. And so it was like immediate just craziness, brainwashing. And the Kens were like, yeah. And the Barbies were like, okay. And so somehow that all happened and it's a mess. And Ken has taken over the Barbie dream house. It is now Mojo Dojo Casa House, which is just... And they're like, you don't need to say casa or house or what he says you do because it's fun. And like it makes you it feels good to say it. And so Ken is also looking like the biggest tool I've ever seen. The fashion is so good. It's like this full length fur coat and like no shirt and like these like high top sneakers and like too many watches and a head and like a like a karate kid kind of headband. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's Ken. He's free now to do what he pleases. Barbie gets overwhelmed by this and doesn't really know what to do. And I think literally lays down on the ground. and is, She's, like, face down. She's it's literally really and figuratively the lowest she's ever been, like, physically and emotionally. 
and doesn't know what to do and says something like, I'm just going to wait for one of the more leadership-oriented Barbies to snap out of this and deal with it. And they get the humans get frustrated and they start taking off towards the real world again. And then the girl decides that she doesn't want to give up on this place because she's having empathy for the way her mom views things and is a little more hopeful. Like her mom is struggling with things. Obviously she's making thoughts of death Barbie, but she wants to be optimistic and she wants to believe in good things, but they've given up on that collectively by saying, man, even Barbie's not what we thought she was. And the daughter's like, I don't want my mom to give up on that part of her. And so we're going to go back and we're going to try to fix this. So they make Alan come back with them and they try to help Barbie. And Barbie is now with Weird Barbie and like all the other weird Barbies and Ken. Yeah, yeah, it's the Weird Barbie and like the discontinued All these random weird Barbies. And they're at Weird Barbie's house, which is pretty awesome in terms of a set. Like, it's pretty cool. It's well Um, It's I like all the weird colors and the geometric stuff. But anyways, Barbie's still just face down in a different outfit. And she just doesn't feel like she's worth anything really is where we where she lands because she's not. She was stereotypical Barbie and stereotypical Barbie is pointed toes, perfect hair, like everything just so. And she's not those things anymore. So what is she? And so she doesn't think she's pretty because she's not stereotypical Barbie level pretty anymore. And so and then the brilliant voiceover yes. from it's Helen Mirren who does the, it is the Helen narrating, Mirren, right? Yes. The little like interjection of don't cast Margot Robbie. Yeah. Note to the film point. producers, Margot Robbie is the wrong person to cast if you're trying to prove this point, which is absolutely true. But basically On point of So weird. On point. She's sitting there crying because she just like just these absurd high level things. She's just, I'm not any of these things and I'm not perfect, perfect, pretty. So what is the point? And she's basically just let herself exist sad face down on the ground since they left. And then we get to America Ferrera's characters, monologue feelings about how Barbie is feeling and I how to be a woman model, uh, right? like how it feels to be a woman yeah yeah Which we need to stop I think before we finish the movie to like just talk probably about we do we can just read it I don't think I can probably make it through the whole thing <laughs> if you want to do a drop later you don't need to get the exact one now Lindsay I think that's fair to say okay okay <sighs> all right here we go and again just for reference this is the human character um, America Ferrera mom, mom. Which I think is notable here too. A mom who's had a lived experience. Yeah. Yes. Talking to stereotypical Barbie and her response to Barbie's like, what's the point of me anymore? Um, it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart. And it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but you also always have to be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. And I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is true, 
for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. I made it. It was better than I thought. Great. Lindsay I thought take. I was going to lose it. Oh, that's rough. How does that make you feel, Lindsay? I'm going to flip the script here because I feel really weird being like, let me mansplain the, the most important monologue sure. here to you by starting a fight. Fair. What happens in this is like a lot of things. Literally, it is impossible. Like you cannot. And I've said this on, I think it was the Legally Blonde episode with my friend Sarah. There, you're never going to get it right. But the goal of the system is to keep you focused on trying to get to right. But it's a target that you can't ever land on. So you're always going to be exerting. You're never going to be able to have that free brain space that's spent finding right. Like you're just always going to be in pursuit of it because you can't get there. It's not a real place. There is no perfect pocket. Like you're either going to be too pretty or you don't care enough and you're a slob. Just there's such a dichotomy of you have to be this, but not this. And there's, you're never going to thread that needle because the needle does not exist, but you're supposed to spin your gears trying to find it. And it's, it's that like extra set of hoops. You and I talked about like, it's not that you think that you're better or anything like that with not caring, but you just know you won't be judged as much. So there's like less time and energy and thought that you have to exert on appearance or maybe even word choice sometimes. My range of acceptable is so much broader and that's a big thing for it. And I like, for me listening to this, I hated it in the sense that I hate how true it is. And even as a man who like, isn't having this as his, like, it is my lived experience since like when you peel it back, like I'm a witness to this, I'm a witness to seeing this happen. And there's a, there's a couple different things going on in terms of how I felt about it. Like one is that, like I said, the target range is so much smaller. Like we put women in this, like you have to land on like a pinhead and it's just not what men have to do. Like we have a lot more range of acceptable outcomes. Our behavior has a lot more range where it's okay to be this type of guy or that type of guy. Like women just have a much narrower range of what is socially acceptable. These are such societal norms that we've adopted them to learn how to police ourselves to fit in and do better. But then we we police others as well. And so we perpetuate it. There's just, there's so much in this. The thing that hits for me specifically, and I, I think for a lot of, obviously a lot of women, or it wouldn't be in here, but like, is uh, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. Like that is like, there's just so much of a, um, like a different standard for performance even of you have to be impeccable or you're just nothing. Oh, it's a hundred percent true. Like I'm very frenetic at work. I bring a lot of energy to what I do. And if I were a woman, I think that would be viewed very differently. I think if you just, I'm flighty or this, and it's like, I'm bringing a lot of care, but like I get that benefit of the doubt and just acknowledging that that wouldn't be the case if I were a woman. And so it's so baked in this assumption of once again, like men have this bigger target. They have this easier method of what acceptable looks like, or like how to show off their talents. Women are restrained in how they get to be excellent. And that's insane. Like we don't let women use their strengths in a way that is natural for them all the way. They have to twist them and turn them to fit social norms. So it's, oh, geez, these women aren't as talented or something like that's not at all the case. And sometimes we're suppressing that by forcing them to go through all these different hoops to present that talent or that personality in a package we like that men don't have to think about. I don't have to put that filter on. I learned very early, like we're talking elementary school that like I could not get away with being blunt because I have to backpedal and apologize and make it sure everyone is okay with what I said and that they didn't get their feelings hurt and that I wasn't being too <clears throat> direct. I know the word and, you want to say. Um, I, that's the thing. Like that's, we're dancing around it. I don't, 
it's another five letter word that starts with a B that people would even call a little girl. It's ridiculous, but that's, that is exactly the mindset of you have this bluntness. And it's, it's just so contradictory. And it's honestly like, I feel like it's a disservice to women, but it's a disservice to society too, because there's so much wasted energy like that could be spent elsewhere. What could we have put that brain power towards instead? What could we have collectively achieved or thought of or had the pressure off to think about and dream and invent and solve like without that? It's terrible for women, but it's just, it's terrible for everyone because it also like, I think little boys, you don't, you never, it's creeps in, right? There's not, you're not, you don't, they don't sit little boys down or be like, this is how we treat women, but mm-hmm. you see it, you see the society. And so you're trying to teach people good morals, but we have this sort of like twisted view and double standard that's baked in and it's that impacts us as a society that impacts our ability to really genuinely approach these things and i don't know i it i don't know when the moment was for me but like college was a sort of i don't want to call it a deprogramming but like a moment of being acutely aware of these biases mm-hmm. in a way that was really helpful mm-hmm. and it is that thing of you're supposed to want to know it made my life a lot harder and i answer a lot of hard questions but man i have such a better relationship with the female friends in my life and just i can't imagine being with my wife and having i want to be her ally i want to be that person that she knows i don't have the experience i can't assume i get all of it i can't assume the one that knows this but i can listen and i can get it better than most and like mm-hmm. that is a huge help and like the what you can do with the listening, which is like literally the plot shift in the movie, is like voicing it and validating it. Because also part of it is not acknowledging it makes you feel crazy. Not acknowledging it makes you feel like there's something wrong with me. Like why? Like if you think it doesn't exist, but you can't keep up with everyone, but you're running the race with ankle weights. But someone says, no, you don't have ankle weights on. You're like, then why am I like miles slower than everyone else? What is wrong with me? But like, even just someone saying, actually, yeah, that's in your way. Is like, it's, that's the whole plot of the movie. That's literally when things shift is like the validation of, you're right, you're not pretty enough, but you were never ever able to be pretty enough. You know what I mean? That was a thing that couldn't be achieved. Like that's, there was never a real goal. So let's forget about like the validation of just like, we can't ever meet the standard because it doesn't really exist in reality. And so validating that takes the pressure off of trying to achieve it And then you can maybe move on with trying to be whatever kind of person you are a little bit as much as the world will let you. But like until someone or something else tells you you're not like crazy, you just think I'm messed up. And it sucks. Thank you for being open with me on that. That's not a hard, easy thing to articulate. It's it's crazy to me how much just saying like saying to a woman like I'm working with or something when they experience misogyny because unfortunately in in my line of work I, I have guys and girls on my team and they're interacting with different clients and different customers and it's a range right it's a range of outcomes but if you're paying attention you see it and you see those times where it's oh this is just related to the fact that you don't like having a woman have this conversation with you. And it drives me, the fact that I know how batty it drives me and how angry it makes me. I can't imagine the extra layer of being the person experiencing it, but (laughs) the power in just saying, hey, I see it too. And like, this isn't cool. Like, it sucks that sometimes that's the best I can do, but as a guy, do it. Like, be that person that like acknowledges it and comments on it. And if someone says they're experiencing it, the worst thing you can do is dismiss it. Yes, I am sure there are times where that isn't what's going on and someone just thinks it is. I'm like, maybe that's the case, but don't you dare walk in assuming that or walk in not ready to really investigate that as the real possibility because women women know when they're experiencing that. You're just too used to it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. And I think it that train of thought extrapolates 
beyond just like male female issues but like anytime you as a person are in the more privileged group in a conversation and someone says this is my experience do not say it doesn't look like that from up here that's the no 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 like just straight up just no um (laughs) Uh, do not pass go to not collect two hundred dollars because uh that is not the move. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really it's just a matter of like uh figuring out how to like you said just kind of validate that that is their experience and that we're not all approaching we're not all. S- at the same vantage point like in life just ever no one has the same vantage point as anyone else ever so like to say to someone who says i'm experiencing this and just say i don't think that's real or that's not i don't think that's ever the move like you're right because maybe sometimes that's not fully what's going on or that's not maybe the main problem but like that you know what you didn't do by saying that is help move towards a solution because now that person feels like, okay, I have this problem. I thought I knew where part of it was coming from. They're telling me it's not. And now I feel like they're also not on my team. And so that's not like productive either way. I think the fear is, I don't know. I don't know if people are just, I think people are just afraid of admitting it. It happens like, because like, I think the the tension is people think, Misogyny is something bad people do, is something that bad, a perspective that bad people have. And that's not true. Bad people probably bad people do have it, but like, it. A, like largely the problem. Not just yes, but, like, but like largely the problem is that good people with good intentions also have it, but are uncomfortable admitting that they can be a good person and not have all the pieces or yet. They can have blind spots as a good person. You're supposed to want to know. And if this movie makes you feel uncomfortable because you're scared to look at that because, oh, my life gets a lot more complicated. If what these women are saying is true, that takes my precious, that takes my like convenient worldview of like moral right and wrong. And it's all easy and messes that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be nice if the world was simple and easy. But like, how can you just say, well, it's easier to, it's easier to deny that. And that's where I think like people, they deny it because it, they don't want to deal with it. And a lot of it's subconscious. A lot of it's not a conscious choice of, I don't want to be a bad person. I don't think about it. It's just you, your brain tells you like, mm-hmm. oh, that can't be mm-hmm. true. That can't be how it works. That, that you, you know, you're a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, these other people are good mm-hmm. people. They weren't sexist. It just, yeah. it's so much easier for your brain to navigate towards that safe space where it's not going to question it, not mm-hmm. make me think too hard, not yeah. make me have to reevaluate. And I do think that's one of the reasons this movie hit people so hard is it really does a great job of getting in there, getting in your brain and making you think about these things. And the, this, the structure, like we said, yeah. about subversion, the flip-flop. As a guy, it's super effective because like you you feel sorry for Ken. And I think a lot of guys probably were like, oh, this is the man-hating. And then when they got it later, they're going, crap. Okay. Like this movie makes mm-hmm. a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you talk, talked about like, people seeing it like and it's uncomfortable then when you see it and admit it and it was always uncomfortable for those of us living it the people that can't avoid it it's privileged to have the choice to put blinders on for men or women because this is where i think the female perspective of this isn't happening happens too my life's okay my life's good enough so i'm gonna choose to think this isn't a thing yes when you said people don't want to see it and i just thought of because it makes them uncomfortable like we've been uncomfortable the whole time yes this has always been the dang world you just see it now it's really been this twisted and painful but like i don't get too religious but like isn't that also like for traditional christian values like like you're not called to ignore things you're not called to like pretend the world is simple like the world is pointed out as complicated and messy and in need of healing. And there's some acceptance of that's a little bit of human nature, but that doesn't mean we don't fight it and don't try mm-hmm. to make it better. If we believe that we're all made in his image, like I think people should be allowed to be whatever kind of people they are. And I think if we're supposed to be love, I think love is advocating for that freedom and that uniqueness for those people. And not if all truth is God's truth, this is a truth of the world. And what are we called to do about it? I think one of the problems we run into with it is 
a lot of times the people that are most, we've gotten to a point where the safe thing is being Christian. There's a lot of rallying about it not being, but like in our society, like that has become the norm and that allows us to get a little complacent of, hey, we don't need to upset the apple cart because like we're good. And the reality is a lot of the people that are pushing for that, there are many who are not Christian and there's kind of a weird thing of, yeah, I want all people to be good, but I don't have to care as much about the people that don't think like me. And that's not at all what Christ taught, but that becomes part of it. Like, yeah, there might be some women, but as long as like they're in my life, they're probably okay. And like, I don't see it as bad because the women in my life are doing pretty well. And like, they might have these little things that are wrong and we'll work on it, but it's not as big of a deal. And I don't know, it, it, there's a lot of blinders to it. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, it's and I just I think it is so powerful that the solution to the problem is acknowledging the truth you're supposed to of want to know. <laughs> the problem. Like you're supposed to want to know. And so by knowing and acknowledging it and like voicing this struggle, I think she says the cognitive dissonance required to be a woman because you're always just in conflict with one side of that pocket you're trying to find like giving voice to that like kind of robs it of its power because when you say the things out loud, they sound absurd and you can hear it. You can hear that it sounds ridiculous. Be pretty, but not too pretty. You're like, you're right. That's impossible. Like what, wh what version of pretty is that? Who Who's going to decide that? And it's just, I love that that's the solution. And like, they basically go on a mission to secretly kidnap these Barbies and tell them the truths of great sequence. Just like they, they pull them into this like van in their little pink jumpsuits and they give voice to some layer of the problem. And then they snap out of it. And she's like, <laughs> one girl, she like tells her all these, she's, I don't want to touch a foot. Yeah. She's no, you, no, you don't. Scene. Um, My just, wife's favorite moment is right at this. Yeah, my wife's favorite moment of this because then they like trick the Kens, right? Because there's gonna be this whole constitutional thing, and they've gotta convince they've gotta oh they gotta distract the Kens. And they do it through flirting with them in really stereotypical ways. And just I think the line is, Hey, can I play guitar at you? <laughs> just let me play the guitar at you. Like yeah. Hours. And that was a moment when I was like, <laughs> Oh, apparently it happens to all of us. Good to know. But they, yeah, they're like disappointing them and twisting them all up so that they start fighting with each other. Because basically Kens are trying to change Barbie land. So it's permanently Kendom. And the Barbie's plan is we'll fix all the Barbies and then we'll distract the Kens so that they can't vote on the Constitution. In a truly amazing fight slash dance sequence. Just, I'm just Ken and Ryan Gosling awesome. and Seema It's just so fantastic. It's pretty good. <laughs> It's very good. It was really good. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a dance fight scene. And then, like, after it's over, they're we're like, were we vote. supposed to vote just... today? Oh, yeah, that was today. And then they just didn't. Yeah. And Reminder for all the heaviness we've had. This movie is absolutely hilarious for 90% of it. It's super. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the That's... end of the movie? The end of the movie is not. Honestly, after the monologue, I'm a little bit like, the rest is okay. Yeah, there's more movie, like, I guess. There's like, more it's movie. Fine. It's fine. But like really, once they have the monologue and start fixing the Barbies, I'm kind of like, the rest of it didn't mean as much to the me music's personally. Beautiful. The music's What was I made for? Like I said, I cried at yes. that. Like that's that's really pretty. And yes. like the way, like I do like the concept of Barbie choosing to go to the real world because she wants to have meaning and purpose. There's a beautiful sort of wrapping up to that. Mm -hmm. Once again, you're supposed to want to know, like she can't go back. She can't be stereotypical mm -hmm. Barbie. She wants to be one of the people with meaning. And she mm -hmm. wants to do something about mm -hmm. that world. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't really need the monologue. Yeah. And it's fine. But like they hit that high note. A lot of movies do this where the last 10 minutes are just not yeah. quite as hype as it were. Right. They're like, we have to tie up the loose ends because we yeah. left them here. But really what you cared about has been taken care of. So it's, yeah, it's a little different. But like I, yeah, I think the "What Was I Made For" song is really Last good. Last joke's amazing too. I think her. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. We won't give that no, one away. You'll spoiler, have to watch the movie but it's for worth that one. Uh, spoiler, but it's worth it. What does he say? Like it's ordinary Barbie, and she's like, she says, you know, she just she has a flattering top, and she just wants to get through the day feeling kind of okay about herself. And he's like, what? And they're like, oh, that would make. So yeah, he's much like, money. oh, that's a terrible idea. And then all um, the others are like, oh, that makes so much money. The, the part about that I remember 
because we're talking back about like the people that maybe watched the first five minutes or saw a scene on some Mm -hmm. newscasters thing and said this movie's not Mm -hmm. for me about it's anti-mom it's all this is the end when she's this barbie maybe wants to be a mom like she specifically talks about that's okay like it's okay the movie is not saying that women aren't supposed to want these things the movie's supposed to say that women are supposed to be able to do Mm -hmm. whatever they want and like the same way that men are and it shouldn't Mm -hmm. be a thing where they're stuck in these traditional little boxes and put in which I always think it's funny because Barbies are always, in a way, stuck in a box. Being forever the president, Barbie. You're forever, like, they are programmed, but humans aren't. And that's the part, like, Barbie choosing to become Mm -hmm. real. And maybe grasping straws here, but I find that powerful, at least. She says humans are complicated and it's really uncomfortable. And they do all kinds of crazy things just to deal with the discomfort of being human. And she's like, yeah, but it feels, like, worth it. And I think to that point, it's worth it's worth knowing. Like it's worth choosing to know. Like I think in the same way that Barbie is choosing to be human and be messy and complicated, like I think there is like a feels like not a big enough word, but like a richness. There's a bittersweetness, but there's a richness too to like what can happen and what you can experience when you take off the blinders, even though it is harder, for sure. It certainly opens up for men and women, because I think if you're dealing with a world where that's not done and, like, you're choosing to start ignoring it, like, there's a cap on the closeness you can really have emotionally and, like, intellectually. Mm -hmm. You just, there's distance, there's a gap where it's, like, there's this unspoken thing that must separate us because either we're choosing to keep that in place or like we just haven't figured it out yet. And I don't know, you should want to connect with everyone and be open. Like you want, I'm reminded of that. I'm reminded of Ted Lasso, like that, be curious. Like, I think mm-hmm. we, t- and I, I mean, what do we take away? Like as a guy, what, did I, what do I take away? Or like, what do I think of with this? And it's like, just a reminder of don't assume, you know, what women go through, listen to them. And like I said, there's power in like, pointing out something when you see it because i don't know like i almost feel like i need to and maybe this is just me as like a guy who's in a position of power at work like when i have a female employee just like trying to send some sort of signal like hey don't worry i get it to some degree like i understand this i'm curious on your thoughts on that because like i feel like i had to like almost warn you like hey this person will be open to having this conversation or will be like more in tune with this stuff because that's a real thing that a woman has to find out with a man i think as a guy like just recognizing that you may need to do some work to be open to listen and to just create a safe space. Like it's mm-hmm. not a given. It's just not. Mm-hmm. So like you're a woman and you've recognized at least for yourself, you are not crazy, yeah. um, but you don't know who else thinks you're not crazy and is like willing to accept that truth. And so that does take a minute to be like, I don't know. Yet another way women have to carefully navigate the world. Yes. Crossing that gender line, like, especially, like, up, so to speak. Where there's a power Um, dynamic, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I have a guy boss. I haven't had one of those directly in a long time. And so I was like, I don't know. Like, you seem cool, but I also don't know, like, what shade of cool and so it is tricky but i will say having someone like having someone who has like authority care and be willing to both acknowledge and do something is a mental game changer for sure it doesn't happen often in the world in general i will say so it's confusing is what i'll say but uh, one one thing i'm curious on i really think like i can't have the right perspective on this because i'd like to assume so but i want to i want to ask you like the world's a tall order our world's not going to happen anytime soon there's enough resistance to this movie about a plastic doll to ev- evidence of right. that, that we're right. not going to get Seriously. there right now. Do you think it's truly possible, though, to create these little pockets where it's better? And, like, men and women can feel 
more egalitarian and more like we can have these moments because I think that and I really hope that's the case but like yeah oh yeah if not what are we doing okay good like <laughs> I don't want to get too terrified existential dread after the Barbie podcast no, but... no oh my gosh you're like yep and it's all terrible and it always will be like I can never make it better good to know no, good to yeah know. <laughs> <laughs> no no truly yes yeah and I think that's the goal really is like if there's a million people trying to make their little pockets better, like that's a lot of pockets that are trying to be made more open to the conversations and more safe for those conversations and safer for those situations to not happen. And I think to your point of like kind of crossing those conversational gender lines, like, The more we're able to have conversations across these lines, the more empathetic we all can be and the more both perspectives can be brought to the table and the better it's going to be for everyone. There's a lot of layers and a lot of reasons why and that we're afraid of view the opposite gender as other and a little bit dangerous and a little bit taboo, but I don't think we should. We're all just people and I really think like that more of those friendships like could create more safe spaces for people and create some good outcomes and some good empathy that would ripple out in a really big way. And yes, I really do think that there are, not just think, I I know, I believe that there are pockets of positivity or safety or whatever you want to call it. These little microcosms where we can Maybe we don't always get it right, but we try really hard to. And when we don't, we like fix it. We try to repair it. So I think, I think we can do it. I think, yeah. That's reassuring. It's a really I, funny movie, right? Really up. <laughs> really so, funny. So. Really funny. But no, it's, I mean, it's, it is so, if it wasn't funny, we wouldn't have made it through and it wouldn't have had the splash it did. It's jam packed with really it, great moments. It's, it's such a joy so, to watch. So fun. I really do appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me. I know we talked a lot. And no, I just super appreciate it. Fun movie, hard stuff, but good stuff. I don't think we're lost forever. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to come on, Lindsay. Obviously, very passionate about this. So glad we got a chance to talk about it. Yeah. It was good. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end. Great job. Bonus points. Um, If you were on the fence about this movie or this kind of topic in general, I hope today's episode maybe helped you be open to some new ideas and think some new thoughts or maybe even just be more empathetic to people who think differently than you do. Um, Or if you were already Team Barbie and Team Pink, I hope that you had a good time with us and maybe felt a little bit of uh, a little bit of validation and uh, support and camaraderie in this conversation. Um, and no matter where you are, I hope you go forward today trying to make your own little pocket just a little bit better and kinder and safer for yourself and for others. Um, with that said, see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>